Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm going to share a message in just a second. We have some good things to go through. Uh, I just wanted to share a a bit of some personal stuff going on in my own uh, heart and life. Um, My my dear wife Kelly, who many of you know and love dearly, she has she is in hospital. Uh, She has not been well for some time since the very beginning of January, and it's COVID related. Actually, she. um, she, we, we had to admit her to the ER and then she's in, in the hospital and she's going to be there for a little while, uh, has to do with, um, the way the brain talks to the heart and the lungs and all of that's gone way out of sync. And so nothing's really working then as a result of that in a bunch of the rest of, of her body. Uh, the doctors say she will recover, but it might take a year or two. And so we're kind of just, so I got some good news in that she's going to be okay, <laughs> And that's what I'm holding on to today, but some hard news and going, we don't know how that's going to look over the next little while. She, as you know, she's an ER nurse and she's been working with COVID people. And so we were like, we made it to month 23. And we're grateful for that. Uh, just month 24 is looking not as fun. And so thank you for your prayers. A lot of people have said, how can you help? And I don't really have an answer for that yet. I, I don't think we've kind of gotten to that place uh, yet where we really know what that means. Um, but my one thought was, like, if you like writing a note or a card, Writing a note or a card is like really a good way for somebody who's recovering or even me. People have sent me just like nice little notes and that's just really been, been, been helpful. And I think that that's one thing that we get to be as a church together is people who care for each other. And so if you, how about this? If you send me a note, send one to someone else too. So that I know if I get 10 notes, then there's 10 other people because I know that we're all going through some really hard, hard things. I was wrestling, uh, of course, all the stuff I'm going through, I was wrestling through this message, and then it all became clear <laughs> to me. I, I don't like that my sermon prep has to go through a really hard time before I get to discover something. But I think it's such a beautiful uh, message that we're going to be going into, and I, it's become quite clear to me why we're going down the road we are going down with this sermon series. So, uh, yeah, so welcome. Happy to answer any questions about what's going on with, with, with Kelly. And I thank so many of you who, who have already reached out. Uh, super, super kind. Thank you. Our sermon series, Small Boat, Big Sea. <laughs> this actually was the name of a church that I heard of in Australia years ago, and this was the name of their church, Small Boat, Big Sea. I think it's a, I think it's a, in fact, I think it might be even better than the name Lake Ridge Community Church, actually. Like, it's a, it's a good name, quality name, but Small Boat, Big Sea, that, that is actually what the church is. We are God's people who are sometimes finding ourselves in this little raft, holding on for dear life. And the only reason why we can hold on is because Jesus is with us in that. (laughs) Do you feel like, I I don't know if you've been on Twitter or news or anything recently, but do you feel like the world has changed in its size relative to you as you watch everything going on, right? Astronauts, when they go up to space, they look down and they talk about this like blue marble. We are small. We are small. 
And sometimes we need this perspective and go, wow, what does this mean for us? And Jesus, in the incarnation and the coming of Jesus, we discover something about who Jesus is, what he's doing with us, and he's inviting us uh, into his story. And he's stepping into our story. So small boat, big sea is part of our journey that we're going to be going on. Let's unpack this a little bit more. This is really the first Sunday of Lent, which since like the third century, the church has been celebrating the season of Lent. It's the 40 days leading up to Easter, and it's a time of preparation. Now, throughout the church history, we've done different things to prepare for it. Um, if you were in some churches, you would probably eat certain foods or less of a certain food or more of a certain food at different times. That's all to kind of prepare yourself. The concept of maybe fasting would be an important part of it. Also, during Lent, there's a time of like repentance. We sometimes do that well. We sometimes don't. We say sorry we say, to each other and to God, and we say, oh man, this is a season of kind of reorienting my life. And it's all to prepare so that when we get to the story of the cross and the resurrection, that suddenly our hearts are malleable to hear what God has done for us. Because after this season of preparation, we're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You love me. I'm cared for. I'm forgiven. And it's good. So we thought for this season of Lent, we would go and spend some time around the Sea of Galilee. And that we would spend some time, often the Lent story takes us out into the wilderness, but the stories that happen around the Sea of Galilee are, are, are akin to Lent stories. And we're going to be exploring this. We're going to be walking around the Sea of Galilee to, together. We're going to explore how Jesus called his friends into a little boat. How they went on the high seas, and that was scary. How Jesus met them walking out on the sea. How Jesus took them to other parts on the other shores that were full of bad people and bad things and scary stuff that they didn't understand. And Jesus was with them in that too. We're going to see how after Jesus rose from the dead, how he made breakfast for his friends. We're going to see that around this sea, Jesus was establishing for his people who he was, what he was doing, and what the church, what his people were to be on about. And so I hope that throughout it all, in this time when, when I don't know if you're like me, but right now I, I don't feel on a firm footing some, some days. I don't feel like I know exactly what's about to fall out from underneath me again. And I'm not the only one. But I think in these stories, we are going to encounter how Jesus takes his people who aren't on a firm footing and sets them up on a firm footing in him. I think it's going to be really, really helpful. So I hope that this Lent, through this journey, as you explore scripture along with us, that you will come to a firm footing in Jesus too. And that your journey of preparation for Easter will be well met. It's a journey, and we only have a small boat, but you're welcome going along, okay? First, the Sea of Galilee. This is my teaching time because I'm excited about this. I love the Sea of Galilee. It's actually one of my favorite places. Before I married Kelly, I was like, I should have my honeymoon at the Sea of Galilee. Like, it is romantic, right? We can read scripture together, and right. I thought that it would be great. We didn't have our, our honeymoon there, but I hope to take her there. Uh, we keep postponing our trip to, to Israel, and it's going to be uh, next March. But the world's kind of in chaos, so we aren't really sure um, what our friend Putin's going to be doing, so we will continue watching this. Hey, let's take a look. I, I put this photo together just to, so that you can get a sense of the size difference between Lake Chestermere on this side. Uh, you can see how, 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 how big it is. Um, I actually walked around it once. That, that's, ha, has anybody ever walked around Lake, Lake Chestermere? I've, I've done it once and multiple times. Okay, Colin's the man. This is, 
this, this is good. How, how, how long does it take to walk around Lake Chestermere? What's two hours, four if you're with Preston. And so that's, that's on this side here. And there on the other side is the Sea of Galilee. You can see it is, it is bigger. Um, it, is, it is really just a, in, a large inland lake, but it's one of the lowest points on Earth. It's about 700 and some feet below sea, 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 sea level. And it's in this kind of interesting valley uh, called the Jordan Rift Valley. And some water trickles in at the top, and then it tr- pours out the bottom, and it's kind of this reservoir of water that kind of uh, takes care of this area. Over on this side, if you went on the Sea of Galilee, you'd be hitting desert and wasteland. And in the Bible times, this was a place of pagans over on this side. Uh, over on this side of the Sea of Galilee, you would encounter some very Jewish towns, very um, uh, hyper-Jewish towns. And then on the north shore, uh, in Jesus' time, this is where Jesus spent his three core years of doing ministry. And it's called the Evangelistic Triangle because it's three small towns that are all, all connected. Uh, Capernaum, Bethsaida, and Chorazin make this this little triangle that probably had as many as some think 40 to 70,000 people living in that area. So we think of Jesus often being on the pastures, talking to some sheep and whoever might have wandered out there to hear him. But it was actually kind of like Chestermere. It was an urban place that was probably about twice as densely packed as, as, as our city. And on this lake, there was, uh, in the time of Jesus, somebody took, took record once, and there was 230 fishing boats was what one historian marked, marked down. And whether that was more or less, uh, it just shows that there was um, a lot of fishing happening up there. It was, and it was a major crossroad, too. So it was a place where a major trade route came through. And so the Romans liked to set up shop. Why? Because they liked taxes, right? And so you had all this convergence of all these different people here. And this is where Jesus thought, I'm going to go and speak. This is where I'm going to go and live. This is where I'm going to go and be uh, and, and reveal to the world who I am. It's an interesting place. It's also called the Sea of Tiberias uh, and the Gennesaret. Um, there's a lot of other interesting stories around this particular place, and we will unpack a lot of them as, as we go through. But it held a special place in the imagination of God's people. Because the prophets, they kept talking that something special was going to happen here. And people kind of mocked it. Because it was kind of the, the back 40, right? Nothing major was happening here. It was a lake with some fishermen and kind of a, a coming together of some different cultures. But this is what Isaiah said in Isaiah 8 and 9 about this place. He says, they will go from one place to another weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their god talking about God's people going through a hard time. And they will look up to heaven and down at earth, but wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. He's a good prophet, so he always opens up with these really dark, dark moments, right? But he's saying things are going to be bad. Their king won't help. Their God won't help. They, they will not see what's going on. And they will be thrown out into the darkness. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice 
they will rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest. Galilee should be filled with glory. <laughs> a light will shine. Israel will grow. People will rejoice. They will be free in Galilee. What's this prophet saying? How can this be? So the saying was, what good can come out of Galilee? <laughs> people didn't believe it. People didn't believe that something good could come out of this, this place. It's like saying, what good can come out of Brooks? You know? It's kind of in that same vein, right? Sorry, sorry, Brooks, if you're tuning in. Jesus is about to reveal something. Another story that comes out of this is a person named Jonah, a prophet named Jonah, was once called by, by God. And he came from an area just right around here called Gath Heifer. And he was called by God to go out into the world and tell people about the good news of Jesus, but he, or of God, but he went the other way. He was swallowed by a fish. And these are the stories that come out of Galilee, people who are running away, who aren't following God, but God is about to do something special and different. So, let's dig into our story. We're going to unpack our story to, to, to today, and then we're going to... Um, this, this story came alive to me in the last few days, and I'm really excited for us to dig, dig in and make some sense of it, because I think it's so apropos to what God is doing in, in our hearts and in our world and the way that God meets us, and I think it's going to say an awful lot. One day, Jesus was preaching from the shore of the Sea of Galilee. A great crowd pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into the one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out to the water so he, could, so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he had said to Simon, Now go where it's deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. This is interesting. Simon, his name's also Peter, he would become one of Jesus' followers. And this is one of the moments where he is being called. But this is the interesting thing. Just a little bit before this, Simon meets Jesus. And guess what Jesus does? Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. She's very sick and heals her. So, of course, the commentaries are wondering a little bit about this. You know, is Simon mad? We aren't sure. I'm not sure. Maybe a mother-in-law joke there. Okay. Um, <laughs> the theologians have to have, have, have these moments there. So, anyway. So, here, here he is. Imagine being a fisherman in this time. There's hundreds of boats out on this lake, and you are a fisherman doing what I think a good fisherman's doing, and you're probably trying to provide for your family, right? You have this one resource, which is your little boat. And the boats aren't very big. They actually pulled up one uh, archaeologist did, and the boat is like, a boat from the Sea of Galilee would have been from maybe here to the wall long, or a little bit shorter. And they don't look very sturdy. Like, I don't think you and I would actually want to get on one of these boats going out onto... Lake Chestermere, let alone on this bigger one. But this was his tool. This was his tool. And if you're a tradesperson and you have a tool and you're trying to get some fish competing with these others to go and uh, get to work, and then this guy shows up called Jesus. Now, if you read it through this lens, I actually think this is a funny story. I actually think this is a really fun, funny story, the way that Jesus first meets uh, Simon Peter and calls him. On the day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to hear the word of God. So you're maybe grateful this guy healed your mother-in-law, but you're working on this shore, and guess what? There's crowds all over the place. You're working, and the first thing Jesus does is come into your sphere of influence, into your workspace, and he's brought a bunch of crowds. 
you can imagine he's probably watching like, like we know that he's not joining with the crowds because he's working, right? Here's Jesus pushing in circle one. Then he notices two empty boats on the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them there washing their nets. Jesus comes a little bit closer, right? He's like, oh, there's some boats over there. He comes closer, and what's Simon Peter doing? They're washing nets. He has these crowds, now he's washing nets. Now Jesus notices him, and he's getting even closer. <sighs> Simon's like, okay, listen, I, I'm just trying to clean these nets. I was out all night. Now you're here with your crowds. That's great, preacher man. You don't know anything about fishing. I'm a, fish, I'm a fisherman. I don't know where you come from, but listen, right? Just, you can just, just imagine him wondering what is going on with yet another rabbi coming through town. And he knows two empty boats on the water's edge for the fishermen left them to wash in their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, so here, not only is he coming close, now he's like, hey, I w- I'd like to get in your, in, in your boat, Simon. Okay, I'm doing something here, but if you want to, okay, you didn't even ask, you know, like, but okay, Welcome, you're now in my boat. (sighs) Okay. Stepping into the one boat, now Jesus is talking to him. Simon, its owner, he he says, now push out into the water. (sighs) I I got some nets on the shore. Okay, okay. So now, now you want to go for a joy ride now, right? Like, is this, like, is this, is this what is, what is, what is, what is happening here? He asked his owner to push out into the water, and he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. <laughs> you can imagine. So he's a preacher, so he's long-winded. So he's going to go for a while. So now Peter's like, like, I got things to do. I'm doing this, but okay, we'll hear some of the good word from you about whatever you're talking about, right? You're preaching to the crowds. You've totally now taken over my place of work. You've now totally moved into what I am doing, and you have now just ta- taken charge as as though you know something about fishing. I'm the fisherman here, and now you've stepped in. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where the water is deeper and let your nets catch some fish. (sighs) What is happening here? You talk forever, you use my boat, you take over my my workspace, now you are asking me to now go out fishing again. (laughs) What do you, you are not a fisherman. You can imagine him saying this. I know when the fish are here. I'm, I'm doing this to feed my family. I'm doing this to put some food on my table. And you've just come in with your good word and taken over my space. And we know that he's a little frustrated because he gets a little spicy at this moment. This is the first time he gets a chance to talk. I love him here. This is why we all, we all, we all, we all love Simon Peter. He goes, Master, we worked hard all night and did not catch a thing. <laughs> but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. You know, like, like he's being nice, but you don't know anything. But if you want to give it a try and learn how to be a fisherman and ruin my day, sure, let's give it a go, right? It's usually when I'm cooking in the kitchen and I want to try something new and Kelly's like, if you want, okay, like, Try putting that ingredient in. We'll see how it all turns out. You don't know anything, right? This is Peter. Jesus puts, pulls right into his world. At this time, so, the, so they do. And this time their nets were so full of fish 
they began to tear. You can imagine his surprise as he's watching his nets that he's been working on tearing, but he's really happy, like you've got to be happy about this, but now it's all shredding to bits, and it says that he started to shout. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish, and now on the verge of sinking. Like, talk about a paradox moment here, right? This guy who knows nothing about fishing just stepped in, now he's got all these fish, and his boat's going to sink. Like, it's just this weird, really weird, and I think it's a funny moment. Like, like I, I actually think that this is, I think people listening to this would have probably laughed a little bit at just the strangeness of how Jesus stepped in to Peter's story. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm not, I'm not much, or I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partner, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. I love that. His world is utterly taken over. And you know what? As, he, as Jesus steps into their world, into his world, into his workplace, and like utterly turns his whole business upside down, just ponder for a second what is being done here. You know what I think Jesus is saying? I almost wonder if Jesus is like, who's the fisherman now? All the way along, you doubted that I knew nothing about your work. You didn't think I knew that you needed to feed your family. You didn't think I knew that your little boat is your pride and joy. You didn't think I knew that the fish are at this time, and I just took up your afternoon preaching from it. You didn't think I knew all this, but guess what? I'm the great fisherman, and I know how to get fish in your boat. And now you don't know how to take your boat and do what to, 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 to do with this amazing haul. Don't be afraid. I moved into your world, Simon Peter, and things are about to change. He says to him, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. What an amazing way. Albert Einstein, he had said in his life, he said, he said, I'm a Jewish man, but when I look at the life of Jesus, I am awed by the wisdom and brilliance. He, he was overblown by this. The way that Jesus steps into Simon Peter's life, we just could, he could not calculate how Jesus would step in. Step into his story, step into his work. He's at his workbench, getting something done, trying to solve things, trying to put his life back, back together, pay some taxes, do what he's going to do. And then into it all comes Jesus grinning, I think, and going, I'm going to show you how to do you. I'm going to show you how to be a good fisherman. I'm going to show you how to be human. I'm going to show you what happens when I live in you. And it's way more than you can think or imagine. In the Middle Ages, they loved this idea of God catching us. Because guess what? God, like, God follows us and wants to leap and catch us and find us. And in this moment, isn't that what Jesus is doing? He's like, I'm a fisherman, and you know what? I caught more than fish today, Simon Peter. I caught you. I saw you there, flailing in life, trying to figure things out, and guess what he does? He comes in a little tighter, a little tighter, 
a little tighter, a little tighter until he's like, I got you. I caught you. I'm a good fisherman. Not only can I catch fish, but I can catch you, Simon Peter. You didn't think that, that anybody was out there hunting you down, but guess what? I saw you from a distance. I saw you from across that shore, and I'm hunting you down because I am love incarnate. Love is coming for you today, Simon Peter. And I found you, and I've enveloped you, and you are mine. And people in the Middle Ages, these mystics, they loved this idea. And guess what? Last night, I loved this idea too. That Jesus would come and hunt Preston down. Find me working, trying to hold some stuff together. And he's bringing in the net tighter and tighter and tighter and saying, I almost got you. I'm a fisherman, and I'm really good at this. And when I catch you, I'm going to take everything that you're trying to hold together, and I'm going to make it work. Because you're in my care now. And then what he says to him, I love what he does right away. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You being caught by Jesus isn't something to be afraid. In fact, I'm holding you together. I'm bringing all good things. It's going to be okay. I got you. I got you. Don't be afraid. And we're going to, sh- and we're going to do more of this together now. We're going to go find others and embrace them with the love that I just showed you. And guess what? This must have been so loving for Peter that he would leave his boat and fish to say, I experience love unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life, and this is what I want to do, is turn around and love other people with this captivating love of Christ. He was hunted. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what little boat you are holding together to try to just get through whatever this crazy world is giving us. And you might feel like Jesus, when he steps into your life, is bothering you. (laughs) Hey, hey, do you want to come and sit over here for a little bit and listen to me? I'm doing stuff, can't you see? I'm holding it together, can't you see? I think Jesus comes in and says, yeah, hey, can we go a little deeper? Because what I'm about to do requires you to trust me. What I'm about to do requires that we go into some deep waters here. What I'm, what I'm doing requires that you might roll your eyes all you want, but come with me. I'm going to show you what it is for me to do what you do as good as you and better and more, right? I'm chasing you, and I found you, and I love you. This is how we are starting this idea of being a small boat on a big sea. In the great hope of Jesus being with us on it and rapturing us with his love. Do not be afraid. We're going to end. I'm just going to show this little six-minute video. I don't know if you've seen the series The Chosen. Um, if, please, please do. This is like pastors ask. Find The Chosen. It's on season two. They're coming out with season three. It's just kind of the story of Jesus. They kind of interpret this. They've done a really good, good job. So we're just going to watch this, and then we're going to uh, wrap up with a quick, quick prayer after. So, yeah, join me. that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. 
My brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe, but my faith, I'm sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. as well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish to market and settle up Simon's debt. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, sure. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> We've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> no, no. Sure, you don't want to do this just a few more times? Well, we'll make a great team on a boat. <laughs> Fish are nothing. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Did you understand that parable I told earlier? From now on, I will make you fishers of men. You are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. is worth a lot. <laughs> it's amazing. Impossible. This is a foundational story for our faith, for our church. Some people say, what are we doing as a church? And I want to just turn back to this story. It's in this moment that Jesus begins to call his first people. He does it by embracing them by chasing them down, by stepping into their world and saying, I got you, I got you. But pull out deep. So 
let's go into this world and do more. He is with us today, friends. Whatever you are going through, he is with us. Can we pray? Can I invite you to stand? Friends, I'd invite you this, this, this week, if you have a chance, to read in your Bible and take, take a look at a, at a few stories. Take a look at Luke chapter 4. There's a few versions of the story, and they're a little bit different. You can take a look at how Jesus calls his disciples in these, in these different versions of, of, of these events. Also, notice that Simon is the son of Jonah, or it is, it is what he is, he is called. Not the son of the Jonah that was caught by the fish. That was a long time earlier. But it's interesting that that's his name. He's the son of Jonah. Jonah was somebody who fled and went the other way when God invited him to do something for him. And here Jesus is coming to Simon, son of Jonah, saying, I found you. Come with me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace today. Amen.